the 12 and 1 Georgia Bulldogs versus the 13 and 0 Florida State teams that were set to square off will look a little and a lot different respectively. That said, this is a huge game to make a statement of dominance and have us roll into 2024 on a high note. Y'all know what it is. It's our victory lap edition. This is dogs off the motherfucking Be a dog. Hey, you seen you seen those uh <laughs> you seen the Tiger Wood memes that have been going around, bro? <laughs> what up, big dog? Hey, hey what up, big dog? Hey, big that, dog. That's us. That's us, like walking across the field. the Florida State. Hey, big dog. <laughs> the the quarterback for Florida State is big dog. Big what dog. up, big dog, dude? You hit it right on the head. This was supposed to be a really good matchup. Two blue blood programs. Florida State historically coming on as of late georgia being the program as of late um with you know our relative success in the past meeting on this stage and it's it's not going to go exactly the way the media would have loved the way florida state would have loved and honestly even uga it's there's been some changes but that's kind of the way of college football right now it's this new era that we're going into yeah and with the good and the bad i think we could talk all about the changes i think they should make you know, I think that's a good way to look at it. It's we had this one matchup in our minds. It was going to be the, you know, the relative matchup of Titans, two teams that felt like they should have been in the playoff, an undefeated team, a team that just came off a dominant run, two national championships, etc. At first glance, I'm going to I think there is realistic disappointment to acknowledge kind of sucks and at the same time i don't think it's completely bullshitting ourselves or putting on too much of rose-colored glasses to say that this is a big matchup that really extends into next year while we didn't get to see the best of these two teams from this season this game coming up is going to really set the tone for what will be two teams in the following season that are going to be direct playoff contenders favorites if you will florida state with all that they're losing they're going to be in the mix for the playoff so i think in hindsight when we look back at this game i think we will be able to judge it in that context that's kind of like my prediction with it so i do think it is kind of cool and i think in that regard it does have significance because we already are competing on the recruiting field we got guys transferring to florida state we just had a showdown with kj bolden like just like clemson is a big acc player kind of in the southeastern region i mean at this point florida state is trending more than florida i mean i know they did pretty well in recruiting and hats off to that and you know miami's got something to say about it as well but florida state's really in our region so anyway i just think there's a lot more going on with this game while yeah for this season it's kind of a disappointment it's gonna be a shell of florida state team and even though we got a lot of guys in the portal we got way more depth to begin with and the core of our groups are still really intact so 
I, I just think that that's where I kind of can garner some actual excitement. That's not, you know, just me telling myself this. Florida State is going to be a team that we will cross paths with many times in the recruiting all, all over the place as far as what we want to do and what they want to do. They're they're going to be right there. So I like that aspect of it. How do you feel about that? And what do you kind of have to say about not only is the SEC expanding, but the national landscape of who you're going to play at the end of the season? And because of that, in-season games, we've already seen the trend because coaches knew this was coming. We've already seen more cross-conference games, period. That's where I really see the excitement for this Orange Bowl coming up. Yeah, as I, as I sit here in my uh, newly minted UGA gear that I got mm. for Christmas, to be honest with you, I, I do feel for Florida State, in a sense, in a sense, right? Now, we talked about on this podcast how, at the end of the day, they did what they could do. Right. They went undefeated, won their conference championship, even with a, with their hurt quarterback. Right. But they do play in the ACC. Every other team that got in did also have a valid argument. Right. And you can even talk about, well, Florida State getting over and over us, Bama, Georgia, all, all that stuff. So that that didn't go their way. And I feel for them. I really do. The thing that you notice going into this game is how each team is approaching it. Right. Like you said, Georgia, we have our own portal. I won't say issues, but let's just call it. People, people leaving, we won't call it an issue. We have depth. We have a lot of people coming in. You have to meet that 85 roster limit. But Florida State, I think they were just really disappointed by not getting in and not getting the opportunity to play for a championship. And they're not approaching this game the same way that UGA is right now, right? We are looking to vault ourselves into the future, into 2024, into this new playoff design. And the rails have completely fallen off what they're doing. They have a bunch of stuff. If you look up and down the depth chart right now, as far as who's going to play, I mean, big dog. I mean, it's just like, I don't know who none of these folks are. Like, it's it's really tough. They are going to have a, a freshman end up starting. And we'll get into like what that's going to look like. But I wanted to mention when I got into this is how, as far as the transfer issue, I think this early portal, this window right now, it's broken. Yeah. It, it's too early. We can have this transfer portal. We can have a window and give kids opportunities. Maybe just make it after this season. I guess, because what you're doing now is you're just diminishing the entire bowl, the bowl season. I mean, everybody's looking for the next opportunity. They're not going to get to play with the team they're transferring to. So why not just maybe wait until after? I don't I don't know the logistics of that. But February, the like the dominant time. Yeah, just just keep it. Keep it simple. We're, we're doing too much. Like it's become wild, wild west with the portal. It's become wild, wild west with the money. It's somebody's got to get a hold of this. I don't know. The NCAA. If you've heard Chip Kelly's thoughts on what we need to do, it's starting to sound pretty good because this is just out of control and it's really taking away from the game. And I remember when all this started, everybody's, oh, the players should get paid. And sure, they should. But there are always unforeseen consequences that we never take into account. So not to go off on a tangent, I think these two teams are looking to approach this game in a different way. And as a Georgia fan, I'm so glad that Kirby's instilled that this is a game. This is an opportunity to vault ourselves in 2024, an opportunity for you to put more film on tape for those who are leaving, an opportunity to get more practice for those who are going to attempt to make an NFL roster. Get that grind in now because this is what it's going to be like. We've got our early enrollees coming and being a part of the team now. So it's night and day between the way the two teams are approaching this game. And I think that's huge for the future of both programs. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I just think the good and the bad of maybe even this game and just all of college football is the tradition. That's why we all love it. That's why Georgia versus Florida State, you can say what we want about the roster. There's going to be people who are big, like, you know, Oregon fans or Cali fans or whatever, some team kind of distant off. They're going to see this game on TV. They're going to be interested because it's Georgia 
versus Florida State, two yeah. blue blood programs. So you like, you know, we look at it from the angle of being so close to it, but it's still kind of like cool and a big game in that sense. And the traditions of college football are what make it so right. There's so many teams, so many fan bases. It's just geographically awesome, right? Yeah, think and- about it. If you're just a casual fan and you're like, hey, you want to watch a football game? Oh, what games are on? Oh, freaking Southern Louisiana versus North New Hampshire. Like, you know, like, no. Georgia, Florida State? Yeah, bet. Like, cool. automatic. You know what I'm saying? It's easy. It's easy. At least, at least for the first half, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's that's half, yeah. Come on. So I, I love all of that. And I think with that, that's actually why we don't really see a re- a whole revolution in college football. It took them this long to get out of the terrible BCS. I'm talking yeah. about there was a team claiming a national title every other year. Every other year. Like, no. That's, like, it took forever to get out of that. No. Way, way too long. <laughs> yeah. Way too long. And then we got in the college football playoff, and we're just like, well, this conference is good, and that conference is good. And then it comes into, you know, Florida State can go undefeated win their, you know, conference championship and not even make the playoff. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, we're we're evolving. But they like college football. Just honestly, at the at the top part of it, they're just scared because n- n- reasonably so. Fans are used to a certain product. We're used to our traditions. We don't want someone to come in there and Elon Musk it build build tunnels from Tuscaloosa to Athens or whatever. <laughs> like you know, just go, wipe it all clean and just redo it. But I agree with Chip Kelly, and I think sadly it's going to take a lot longer because of how college how slow it is to adapt it's like the people who run college football are the ants from lord of the rings like no they're 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 not great bro yeah it, it, they take a long time to evolve but that said th- i think some of what the playoff will bring though is going to solve a little bit of these transfer issues because at least at the top I, i'm sure there will be some guys that opt out still just because that's where we're at even in a playoff context but a lot of guys will not. A lot of guys that wouldn't have played in this game if this game was twenty, you know, the twenty twenty five or twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five season, right? Or this next coming, yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, it's weird to say. It's like it is wrong, yeah. but anyway, it's twenty three, twenty four, and actually be twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. So the next season, this game, a lot of these guys, most of these guys, I would say, except for like the butthurt ones or the ones who just are checking in on opportunity, what have you, most of these guys would be in this game because this game would still be a playoff game. So I think a lot of that will be solved, but yeah, it makes zero sense to have the transfer portal. Free agency is never in the middle of the season in any sport. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it, it's it's just not good. Like, nah. so we got to, we got to fix it, but I do think it probably, it will come eventually. It's just going to come a lot later than we want. Yeah. And uh, you guys bear with us. This, this is a weird game. So as far as like breaking down the game, we kind of have to talk around this game because that's really (laughs) what's important. So a couple more things and then we'll try to do our best to talk about the game itself. But yeah, this is this is the 90th annual Orange Bowl. And that's going to draw eyes just because of that, just because of Georgia, just because of Florida State. As of right now, it looks like, again, Georgia's taking it seriously and everybody has opted to play as I've last heard. There, there was no Brock Bowers. There was no Amarius Mims getting off the plane. Doesn't mean they're not going to play, but they weren't with the team. Everybody else, including Live McConkey, I think is in this game, has commented one way or another. I'm in, I'm out. Um, so we'll see about those two players. Uh, we talked about it setting the tone for 2024. I think another thing 
speaking of 2024, I did want to get your opinion on the Chaz Chambliss chatter. You know, him and Small Mondo both coming back. But I think for UGA, this is an opportunity for, I believe, the senior class to get 50 wins. And I think that's been a really big rallying point for this team going into this game. You know, just, again, doing something that you don't always get to do. I think as as fans, we definitely take it for granted. But even as players, like, there are a lot of players on this team that are never going to play football again in any capacity. It's going to be it for them. It's another opportunity just to play a game that you love, whether it's, you know, playing time, a check for your mom and them, whatever it is. So like, this it really is an opportunity, and they're treating it as such. And that's it's something that we're going to miss when Kirby's gone is what he's really instilled in this program. It's it's really still about the game for him. And it re- he really does a good job like filtering that throughout the entire program, coaches, exec, top to bottom. And I, I think that's really sets Georgia apart. And I think that bears, it's going to bear good fruit in the future. And speaking of the future, I know everybody's probably seen the, the photo of the early enrollees. We've talked about a lot of these guys, but a couple of highlights from the picture, obviously uh, Joseph Ajanye. Dude's going to be a monster. Jaden Riddell, this guy, again, there is no Brock Bowers outside of Brock Bowers, but this dude is going to be a monster. Ellis, Ellis Robinson and his long arm. This kid's going to cover. He's going to be covering some people for the next few years. I I cannot wait to watch him play. And we were talking before kind of getting ready to hop on here and we can go into it too. It's it's not so much about this game, but I, I would love to see a lot of Gunnar Stockton in this game. Between Gunnar Stockton, the two years hopefully that he plays in this class, there's a there's this freshman class, there's a there's a natty in there, bro. There's a natty in there. I'm telling you right now. Because if we go back to what's been successful in our recent run, right? Gunnar Stockton is a more athletic, and I don't come at me, Stetson Bennett stands, but I'm I mean it. He's a more athletic Stetson Bennett, right? Probably a better arm, faster, just a better dual threat guy. This dude broke state records for touch Georgia state record for touchdowns after Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. This never dude never heard of those guys. Are they good or something? Yeah, these these are well. Trevor's having a struggle year and Watson's out, but we all know the talent these two guys have. Right. <laughs> yeah, Gunnar Stockton. Gunnar Stockton is a very near future, and I really I think the recipe for us to win that next national championship. We'll talk about next year, next year, but like that's the future, right? So I, I want to see Gunner start to play now, and I want to see Bobo start to figure out how to use him, right? But it's going to be the pieces are there, the pieces are coming. The receiving backs that we had in our two titles, the running backs that we have here, guys, talking about playing PPR and fantasy, these running backs do everything. So I, I'm really excited about the future. Uh, it, it, it's, it's going to be great. And it starts now. Again, this is that catapult that's going to push us into there. So I'm really excited about all that. Keegan, yeah, before we try to break down this game, what, what else around this game has got you excited for the now and for the future? Because I know that's something you really wanted to hammer on. I like the fact that we got these early enrollees. And I think that, uh, like you mentioned, is it Jalen or Jaden? It's Jalen. Jaden. Right? Jaden. Ry- Rydell sounds better. I don't know if that's the name. R-I-D-D-E-L-E-L-L. Like almost like the helmet comes. Almost like the helmet. So I think it's Rydell, right? I mean, it's in his blood. Yeah, Jaden Rydell. I think that sounds better. Sorry if it's not your name, kid, but we'll get it figured out. <laughs> Anybody they named the helmet after, like we gotta start protecting people. This guy's you know what I mean. But yeah, so dude looks like he's got a career in the WWE, if not the NFL. He giant. Like he could be the next Goldberg for us. And that that's something I want to take to the bank. And Goldberg, he was a he might have been a three star, four star football player but he's a five-star wrestler i want y'all to remember that anyway 
That said, <laughs> I like where we're at in this season. Put a put a bow on it. Put a cherry on top of this thing. I think that momentum can be huge. Like I want to see a dominant win. And this is something that's interesting for me, I guess, about this game. And this is kind of a question to you as well. But I mean, I could see it being a deciding factor for a lot of guys if they come back or not. Not if we win or lose. I do I do feel good about the win, but or confident that we'll be in a good position to do that. Just like, am I going to have such a good game that I'm kind of on the fence and I just kill it and I make the papers and guys are saying, hey, this guy's a second rounder for sure. And and they were saying fourth rounder before this game. Is this is this a showcase for a lot of guys? Is this like, oh, bet we were up three touchdowns. I didn't get playing time. You know what? I was on the fence. You didn't look to just give me those reps. You know, even though you knew I'm a junior, you gave it to the sophomore. Hey, I'm out deuces. Like how much of that do you think is going on or not? Because even Michael Williams candidly said in the interview, I think Dog Nation put together, Hey, you know, transfer portal is an option. He's not like saying it in a shady way or, but I'm not thinking about the portal right now. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, it's just always, I guess, a part of the conversation. So how much of that are, or do you think factors in and just, do you got any guys like in mind that are like quote unquote bubble guys, as far as like, Hey, if Kamari Laster has four interceptions and you know a pick six, is he definitely definitely going? Because a lot of these guys are talking about running it back. If you look at the comment section, yeah, it's yeah, it's out there. It's crazy in this day and age, dude. There's so many news articles about comment sections. I cannot believe that we're in this time. But that's <laughs> and not just like guys of note. I'm talking about just like scrubs. And then no, some sure. person said this, but anyway. So the dogs, like, where are we at with that, and how much of that? What do you what do you think is going on? Because to me, that this game is when we talk about 2024, I don't think someone like Gunnar Stockton is going to leave, especially with what kind of opportunity can lay. I think it's great to involve guys, you know, are about to be the backup like next year for for a fact. Like, let's go ahead and give him all the love. So where are you at with just everything I just said? I know it's a clusterfuck, but please. So I think for all players, it's a bit different. But if I had to give you a range, I would say it's two parts. And I would say it's 60, 40, and then either 55, 45, or 50, 50, right? Because there, there's two things. There are, if you have a blow up game and your name's getting out there, and Mel Kuyper says, hey, this dude deserves to be the number one at his position. Yeah. Most people are just going to pack up your bags or whatever, right? For some, it's like, okay, I need to grow on next season, Michael. I might try a different position, maybe a more highlighted or desired position in the NFL. I'm not getting enough reps or, okay, I've got reps coming next year because the guy in front of me is gone. And then you've, you've got the, the realistic 85 roster cap, right? There, yeah. there are both. What's, what's your feedback that you're getting for an opportunity elsewhere or NFL? And then does Georgia have enough room for you? Georgia just brought in a five-star, four-star monster. Am, mm-hmm. am I going to have a spot here? So I think it's a little bit of both, but at least our players are giving it that option, right? They're going to yeah. weigh it out and play the game. So I'm, I'm curious to see, as far as bubble guys, I would say maybe Javon Bullard will be a bubble type of dude, right? If, yeah. he, if he balls out and his name's getting out there, he hasn't committed to coming back yet, but he's one of the ones rumored to maybe wanting to run it back. I think he would be a bubble guy. I think Lad McConkey could be a bubble guy. Most people think that he's gone, but I, I see that as a bubble type of guy. I don't... Yeah. It's hard to say, but I think it's between those two things as far as the realistic, like if anybody's yet to make a decision, what would and, it 
And in the same sense, there's guys that haven't quite shown their develop where if you had to look at the roster and, you know, that was kind of a theme for a lot of the guys that we did lose in the portal that were dudes that were pretty damn good coming in. They got some playing time, but they just hadn't panned out quite yet, at least to what people thought, probably they thought, what have you. So they're looking for other opportunities. Got like to me, like guys like Arian Smith come to mind where it's like he could be a big part of our offense this coming year. Maybe we get him a lot of reps, depending on, you know, this or that. But, like, he's someone also, too, where it's like, okay, he's still not quite there. Is he? Are we going to – like, people – and that's not to pick on him. I think he's got potentially a great future. No, but just, that's a good point. But he's also at the end of his college eligibility. Does going somewhere else serve him better as yeah. in, instead of a system that he knows? He, he really don't got too much time to be moving too much, right? Maybe yeah. it benefits him to just stay at UGA one more time, develop, 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 take your chance at the NFL, right? And these conversations are happening right now. So that, that's a great point, actually. Yeah, it's just a lot to consider. And as fans, it's so much to digest. And like you you put it into great context that it's a case-by-case basis. Every individual is going to have so many different factors going on. And we really won't be able to predict it on any kind of like mass trend unless you're Ohio State and you're just losing everybody. But like I like where we're at as a culture, and I feel good about the fact, as you mentioned, just people want to play this game and then see instead of say, "Hey, we're just gonna, gosh, pull a Jamie Newman." I don't know, right? Oh, and it, see, and see, yeah. he he probably thought that was his agent was in his ear telling him that was the best decision. Ain't nobody seen Jamie, Jamie Newman since. You know um, what I'm saying? So it's really hard. I think most people even would have said it was wise for him to do what he did. Truly. Truly, a lot of people as dog fans were like, why not play you committed? But overall, to sit out that COVID year, prep for the NFL, and he was trending way, way up when he did that, right? Life changes just like that. You weren't, you didn't get the exposure. You chose the route, the money route, which benefits your agent. These kids got to understand that. You go and get money benefits your agent. Like, don't yeah. just jump at what they say. Ain't nobody seen him since. So it's really hard, and it's hard to get right, too. As fans, we just we want you to wear the red and black. and We don't care. We don't give a piss about nothing but the dogs. <laughs> but these are these are real life decisions. This, this is your potential career or you got to pick it up and you got to go sell insurance because, again, you pulled a Jamie Newman. So it's really hard to know. And no, no slight to people who are selling cars or insurance. Get your money. Right. But like you, he potentially forfeited millions. Yeah. Millions. So these are real tough decisions. And that makes me think like how many guys actually have, you know, decent NFL careers because but we're all the time hearing about guys that they either, you know, they start too soon. Like even if you're one of these top level guys going to the NFL with the NIL, if you're one of these top guys, you got you got big money coming in. Like you got big money coming in, regardless if you're one of the top dogs. So like, for sure, how, how can we look at it? Like, how many of these guys really should just stay and keep developing, even even if they got that guaranteed NFL future? Because here's a perfect example: Jordan Davis. Okay, Jordan Davis definitely was going to be an NFL pick, but he decided, he was he he knew he was, but he decided to come back still, and it definitely benefited him. Development and a ring. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's and and we saw him on billboards. He was one of the first NIL guys, you know, Morgan and Morgan size matters or whatever it was. So, like, I think this is a a big time 
factor and all that, a lot of these guys can go ahead and get the money. And if they're smart, they can get paid and keep developing. And and like, let me say this too. I think at, at UGA coming back to UGA for another year has always been no one, no one has ever, Oh, I made the biggest mistake coming back to UGA attempting to win a title SEC or otherwise get some NIL the only person that's made a mistake from what we know is the one person that committed and, and didn't show up. Right. We all know about the, uh, the transfer that look at Barry Alexander. Did he benefit his stock in any way whatsoever going to USC? No. Wide receiver at Texas. He went there because of family he's balling out. I hope he crushes it in, uh, for Texas in the playoff. Other people, I hope they find success, but I've never seen anybody come back and be like, man, I wish I wouldn't have went back to Georgia and had a great career and had some buzz and played with other NFL caliber players and made some money and had a great coach and family and environment. I, I don't think it happens like that. So I think at Georgia, you will benefit of coming back and, and growing as a person, as a player, your wallet, everything's going to grow. So that's what, I, that's what I see. That's what Kirby has shown. And like a lot of guys do stand off the page and the scouts see that. And yes. there are there are guys that can be found diamond in the rough, and you know, yes, some, du- some dudes go to like a not stellar situation. It doesn't matter. But on the counter side of that, there are a lot of guys that get drafted, get better looks, get more opportunities because of the system they came from and were able to thrive in. Absolutely. Whereas, even even just look at I, you know, and God, God love him, <laughs> JT Daniels. Like, the dude hopped around every which way. And as talented as he is, for sure, like, if he had started for Georgia, I think, and had been able to be healthy, a lot of, you know, whatever, I think he would have had so, so much more success because just of what was around him. And he never had anything close to that throughout the rest of his career. And now he's going to no. go into coaching, and I think he'd be a great coach. Dude's super smart. But that's a shame that he he really is talented, you know, had a lot of things. Injuries do happen to a lot of people. That's sure. a whole different subject. But he I think he would have thrived, could have potentially made that next leap. Granted, a lot of asterisks there. But there, there's a lot of dudes like that, that on the one hand, you're saying, you know, we're talking about guys that go to teams where they can be diamond in the rough. They stand off the page. But there are so many dudes that like benefit from being in the system like Look at even like Mac Jones, as good as he did at Bama. I, I think he's a great quarterback. He's not doing that well in the league. Like, and there's just a lot of dudes like that where they're coming from these great systems. So I just think that hopefully players are getting a lot of information and not listening too much to people looking to profit, like you mentioned. But how do you feel about this game? X's and O's, where are we at? What do you want to see? You talked about Gunner Stockton, but that'll be second half. Hopefully, things are going right. Where where are we at with this? It? Is easily by far the hardest breakdown that there is. To do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you're so detail oriented. Like, I can, and we I usually care. really do try to do our homework right here. But here, here it is. Here's what I got for you. Up to this point, Florida State's got about twenty star- starters. I mean, they're the the team has said, "No, nah, we're not going to play." We're playing the it, JV team. We're like, playing their JV team, and. They're going to come out and play. They're, they're, recruit, they're highly recruited guys, and they're at Florida State, so they're no slouches. But they've been chilling on the pond all year long, and now they're going to go play Georgia in a bowl game. Okay, we'll see. So, yeah, it's hard to give a scouting report, but here's what we got. Some of the highlights of their opt-outs. They recently lost their defensive end, uh, last name Curse, 
uh, maybe Javon Curse, or maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Anyways, deep into verse. Is it verse? Is it verse? Okay, verse. Sorry. Okay, maybe my homework should be a little bit better. But he opted out. They also have um, their top three wide receivers. Fifty three percent of their um, receiving production. Wilson, Bell, and most recently Cole, the one of the stars of the team, all opted out. All either transferring, looking for NFL opportunity. They're running back. Did they have a running back though as well? Their starter. They did. He's uh, he's out as well. The starter is out now. Good news for them. Their offensive line seems to be completely intact up to this point. This offensive line was a Joe Moore finalist, right? So we should be familiar with that since we are second or third place every year. So good offensive line. So hopefully they'll protect this quarterback. If you don't know by now, you haven't watched college football, but their quarterback injured earlier in the season. The backup now decided to transfer. So we will be seeing the freshman Brock Glenn. From Covington, Texas, Tennessee. Excuse me, Covington, Tennessee. He actually played in the ACC championship game. Did okay. Numbers not even worth talking about. It wasn't even like that. But he was the number nine QB out of uh, out of high school. So the dude's got a good future. But after Saturday, his future looks bright after Saturday because <laughs> Kirby's gonna come after him. So it, it's really hard to give too much of a breakdown. They've lost so many players. Keegan, that's honestly that's about all I got, man. If if you got anything else to add there, this is sad. I hate it because I wanted a game, but them's the breaks. Them's the breaks. Well, we think back to Kirby when he first started with Georgia. He was a guy that didn't quite have the depth of the roster he wanted. Mm-hmm. Still a great coach. Still is bringing a lot of good things to it. I I do think that probably Mike Norvell is a little bit more polished and where he's at with Florida State compared to that. But it is hard to do a lot with a depleted roster. So. I'm not going to completely just throw the baby out with the bathwater and say they're not going to do anything. I think there's something to Florida State turning around as solidly as they have. He's doing something right. So I do think with now that you've informed me about their offensive line, the line scrimmage is huge. Always. I think that they've been, they've got some big dudes, even other than verse on the, on the defensive line as well. So I do think that we'll be looking at, Maybe a little bit closer game than we anticipate. That said, dude, like all the young guys that are coming in on the defense, we'll see, you know, Small Monday make some big plays. We'll see some of these young linebackers step up. Oh, yeah. A lot to be excited for in that regard. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump to what I would consider a score prediction. We already talked about Gunnar Stockton getting a lot of playing time, so we, yeah. y'all kind of know where we're at with this. I, I, I got the, I got us, I got us dogs winning a a fit a fitty piece, bro. We got to put the nuggets on them. <laughs> I think I think Kirby go, finish with your prediction. I think Kirby is going to have a little mercy, but finish with your prediction. Oh, that was it, fifty. No. Just a fifty piece. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll take it a little bit easier. I'll go forty-five to ten. Dogs on top, just outmatched. Good offensive line, but our secondary is the strength of our defense and has been. I, I'd be impressed if this quarterback has over 50%. Completion. Let me ask let me ask you two quick questions. Mm-hmm. And I like I like score. Is this a better matchup favor favoring UJ than the TCU national championship last year? To be that's a really good question. That's a really good question because those were starters. That's those the first were... question. I I think that Georgia is more favored. Okay. I don't know if it'll be 65 to seven. Given, <laughs> okay. 
given given you the gravity of the game. Yeah, no, I hear you. You make a good okay. point. Okay, second question. Are we more or more motivated <laughs> to win that second one or to prove something that Man. that'll <laughs> nah, again, I think we'll if take it, it easy up. on him. I think we'll take it easy on him. For the natty nah. and everybody who doubted us, I think we we wanted TCU. They caught us on a bad day. I think we 45 to 10 it and just take it to the house. I, I'm seeing some joyless more murder ball in our future. Okay. So you you want to hit a quick pick six for him? Yeah, let's do the pick six. Run through them real quick. What you got? Texas versus Washington. I personally got Washington. They beat Oregon twice quite handily, even though Texas beat Alabama earlier in the season. I just don't think they're quite as dominant across the board. Where you got? I'm gonna go Texas here. Okay. I think I think Texas is an SCC caliber team before they even join the league. I think they I think Washington finds out what that looks like and uh sets up maybe for an interesting national championship game. Give me Tex. Okay. Hook, oh, hook them, hook them, and but I see Oregon competing with Texas. That was the thing that really made me want to go with Washington. I was like, you know what? I think Oregon would be close in a game with Texas. So that said, I think there's something to be in Oregon twice. I really had them in my playoffs. So that I, every time I doubt Washington, I, I you got to stick with it. That's all right. So we'll jump down to uh, we'll leave some playoff games. But here's another one I got: Clemson versus Kentucky. Kentucky's getting a huge influx for next year. Can Clemson redeem their season in a cat fight? Mm, that is a great question. I'm going to go ahead and I think Dabo having time to get past the demons of the season. I think Clemson bounces back and yeah, catapults themselves into a reasonable position next year. Man, I like that. I like Clemson doing the exact same thing, but I think it'll be a close game. Ole Miss, number 11, Ole Miss versus Penn State. Who you got, bro? I can't. I do. Honestly, that's the only game I could not pick. And again, we don't know exactly who's sitting out, who's playing. Mm, that's a good point. I'm going to – dude, I, I don't know. Well, who you got? I really don't know. I guess okay, I'll, I'll roll the dice. I'll go Penn State. Okay, I'm going to go SEC on that just because uh, okay. Ole Miss got a lot trending. Now, number nine, Missouri. Versus seven Ohio State, you got, bro. Yeah, I'm going Missouri. Missouri, a really good team people are sleeping on, and Ohio State's about to be the victim of that. Yeah, Missouri, like us, really trending for next year, and unlike Ohio State, has most of their teams still. So Yeah, so what I've got, the other two games that I'm looking forward to, Iowa and Tennessee. Now, stop me if you've heard this before, Iowa can't score more than 14 points. <laughs> like They really can't. So <laughs> I don't know who's opted out for Tennessee and who's playing, but I do expect that offense. and. Uh, I'm guessing maybe the five-star freshman plays if uh, their their quarterback of the season opts out. But I, I like them beating Iowa simply for the fact that I'd be amazed if Iowa scores 17. And then another game, Oregon State, Notre Dame. You've been on that Oregon State wave all year. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, everybody's playing. I think Oregon State is a really real team. They had some highs. They had some lows. Notre Dame was not <laughs> – surprise, surprise. Stop me if you've heard it. Notre Dame just – when it comes to bowl season, bro, they're atrocious. They're atrocious. They they have good regular seasons and they get way more hype than they deserve. Play another caliber team postseason, whatever it looks like, get embarrassed. So give me Oregon State in that one. Beavers. Beavers, Beavers. Beavers all day. Bama and Michigan. Huge matchup. Cheeto, what are you looking at for this one? So earlier I picked Texas, and that was really in hopes of maybe having a rematch in a national championship that we've seen before. So ideally, I'd like for Alabama to win. I think they're talented enough to do that. Michigan, however, is a really good team. 
great matchup. Their season's been clouded by the cheating scandal and all this and all that and Harborough and Harborough and all his things. Ultimately, I think that Nick Saban and company find a way to win. Michigan, as of late, has found a way to lose these big games. So while I, I want to give them all the credit for how talented they are, I think Alabama finds a way to get it done and goes back to a national championship. Finish it up. <laughs> okay. So for this Michigan-Bama matchup, I took a deep dive on our dude, on our dude James Joseph Harborough, otherwise known as Jim. Dude has been a stud his entire career. At Michigan as quarterback, he was an all-Big Ten QB, I think maybe well, at least one of his years, maybe two. He was a, a solid, solid quarterback in college. Goes to the NFL, does okay, ends up on shitty teams, ends up taking uh, one of the teams he was in on deep in the playoffs, but sh- long story short, He's an all-pro QB at least two of the seasons he was in the league. So, I mean, pretty pretty damn solid. It's not many guys are all-pro QBs, right? Then coaching career, many, many short stops, getting it going, getting it rolling, ends up being the Stanford head coach. He is the guy who led Stanford to knock off the Pete Carroll-led USC Trojans in the reign of dominance. Like, he had one of the greatest upsets of all time. Fast forward a, a year or two later, I think it was Bama. They ended up losing, of course, but took Stanford, of all teams, to the national title. So that says a lot. Then in the NFL, he gets a big-time promotion. Can he translate? He takes the San Francisco 49ers, led by none other than the Colin Kaepernick, to the Super Bowl. So, And there's all these Kaepernick detractors, racist or you know, just want to say he can't play ball, but that guy was led and they all went to the Super Bowl with Jim Harborough. So at every single level, he has taken a squad to championship contention. And I, I do think your criticism, extremely valid. Michigan has been falling short every single year. But every one of those critical years, they really have gotten a little bit better. This year is no different and the transfer portal additions they made were massive they got an all-time quarterback i think probably one of the best quarterbacks michigan's had since the tom brady the goat himself and speaking of goats nick saban we know what he did with the miami dolphins all the credit to nick saban and and everything he did but he could not translate the success to the next level so while we immediately want to say myself included oh the nick saban coach todd they're amazing. They've had a great season. You want to be playing your best ball at the end of the year. They are doing that. I see why anyone would pick them. But all that to say, we got to give some respect to the Michigan Wolverines. I think Jim Harborough wants to bring a national title to Michigan more than anybody. He's got that Kirby Smart syndrome kind of going on with his alma mater. It would be a legacy and career-defining move. Maybe even one I don't know that could lead you to cheat. I don't know if he's the leader of the thing. I don't, we don't, I don't like to say. I'm just saying he wants this shit. So I hate that there's a whole black cloud on it. I really, really do. I think Michigan is going to win this game. That's all yeah. I got. And the mistake, an Alabama yeah. mistake would be to sleep on Michigan. I don't think they're going to do that. In my, in my long 32 years, I've seen karma happen. <laughs> sometimes it comes quick, sometimes it comes down the road. 
But if anybody's going to play the role of karma, <laughs> I like Alabama and Nick Saban. <laughs> Taking nothing away from Jim as a football coach. Nothing. But um, relatively, they kind of skirted by with the issues they have this season. So if they go and beat Alabama and they earn it, fine. I just think it's a bad look for college football to have a champion who got caught cheating. That's it. That, that's my opinion. That'll be all the talking heads the day after it happens. But this is a game. We're going to play it on the field and decide. I just, I like Nick Saban to write, to write, to write the universe, the college football universe. So we'll see. I'm excited about it. I do. I do too. I, I'm, I, I see all of that cosmic argument. And on the other side of things, it's like how many times can Nick Saban do as well as he's done? Sometimes get as lucky as he's gotten, even as good as he is. And how many times can someone as talented and studly throughout his entire career like Jim Harborough, how many times can he really fall short? If I think he's really tired of falling short, bro. So he's he's more motivated than maybe anybody. So that said, but the beautiful thing about Nick Saban, he stays hungry like he never won a championship. You ask him, he ain't won any I'm telling you. So that's not that's something that's it's gonna it's gonna be it's the game it's the game of the year in my opinion, um especially the way things played out. So looking looking forward to it either way, man. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I just want to give you all that on Jim because man, I didn't know all that, but hey, that's that's something. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't because he's got a really rich football. Him and his brother, the family is a football family, and they've both done some really good things at a lot of different levels. So and like Kirby, dad was a coach. Yes, so, same he, thing. That's where he actually started off. It, they said, I uh, was reading on his bio that as he was in the NFL, he was helping his dad coach and recruit. So, dude, dude's been at it for a hot minute. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of great games. It's a shame with the transfer portal and everything that how, how things kind of have shifted for the bowl season. I do see that being a lot better than next year when we have that 12-team playoff. So, any, any final? Harbro, yeah. Harbro, unlike Kirby is uh not the coach that we pull for and all of us here on this podcast you know we are pulling for the kirby smart i'm ready to see the football the college football season wrap up with a bunch of good games i'm looking forward to seeing this team and kind of what the next chapter of uj football looks like because i know a lot of people are already looking at that schedule players coming back what's the 2024 version looking like and again is alabama number one is michigan number one where does georgia end up i think we could propel to number three so these games matter I know the Florida State players don't look like they feel that way, but these games do matter for the future of the program. So I couldn't, couldn't be more excited about this game this weekend. Yes, sir. Go dogs, and let's get a big, big-time W to get 2024 rolling off. And I want to see all of these dogs come back. I want everyone to feel good about it. Everyone who needs the production, get the production. Everyone that needs a hug, get a hug. Everyone that needs to get paid, please get paid, because I want to see all the best dogs come back and just do what we did. And really, the like, 21 and 22 were, like, run back years, run it back years. Both years, a total, a core group of guys chose to came, come back, run it back. 2023, a little bit different. Like, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of names we knew, but it wasn't the same kind of run it back vibe. We could really have that for this year. And what we've done, the portal, ETN, we haven't talked about that. Big, Florida's best offensive player. One of Miami's best receivers, like a faster Lawrence Cager. Uh, you know, we got the Vanderbilt kid coming in. So, like, uh, Mr. Football from South Carolina. All these dudes all could be quality additions. And if you think about Bulliard coming back, uh, 
you know, Carson coming back, potentially Ladd. Even Brock Bowers hasn't made a statement. I mean, I mean, I'm, I think that would be, I, I think he's going to NFL guys, but even Brock Bowers doesn't even said. So there's so many ways that this could go positive. <laughs> I'm hoping for that. And that's something I, we we will do a wrap up podcast, uh, you know, in the following week or so, and just kind of talk about all those names and catch you guys up as long as that goes. But it's been a great season. Hey, if we go 13 and one, we might be one of the few teams that did that. So that is a major accomplishment. We're at the top of college football. We just want to be at the tippity tippity top. But hey, we, get we, are, we are on the way. Dog Nation, I hope you guys had a good Christmas. Hope you enjoy your new year. Hope you enjoy the dogs during this holiday season. And like Keegan said, we're trying to get back to the tippy top. So the journey starts now. We're not waiting for nothing. You guys, please make sure that you subscribe and like wherever you get your podcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And as always, guys, bit dog, you know what it is. Off the leash. Off the leash. Off the leash. Peace dog. I do it for the dogs.